Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. All right, everybody. Good to see you or hear from you or you hear from us, whichever this uh, happens to be. But I am Scott McIntosh, and we are here with Life in 22 Minutes, along with my co-host, Becky. Hi, everybody. It's good to have you. And today we have a spectacular guest. We always have spectacular guests, but this one is, uh, has turned into be a good friend of ours that we met a few years ago uh, just by chance. We, we ran into him at a big convention in, where was that? It was in San, San Diego. Diego. San the Diego. National Speakers Association. Yep, National Speakers Association. And then I went again this last year to Phoenix and was able to hang out with uh, Coach Jim Johnson. And he has an awesome story. He teaches the things that he's learned in his many, many years of coaching. That's a tough job being a coach. I've been there. So anyway, we welcome Coach Jim Johnson. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. We're excited about this. Let's start off with uh, your early life. I want to know what made this kid tick, you, you being the kid. I know you're not a kid anymore, but let's hear about that. Well, I grew up in a very sports-oriented family. I was a, uh, my father was actually my high school basketball coach, and I had three younger brothers and two younger sisters, so I'm the oldest of a big family, and sports was a big part of it. And I loved playing basketball so much that when I got to college, and I actually got humbled and didn't make my college team, but it was a great life lesson for me to never give up on my uh, dreams, which is that I wanted to be a teacher and a coach and follow my dad's footsteps. So fortunately, I got it got a degree and I got into teaching and coaching and then I had a big dream I wanted to become a varsity basketball coach at the high school level and at 25 years old which is pretty young in my profession that came true and I thought I knew everything there was about coaching and I was going to lead this team that wasn't very good from the outhouse to the penthouse in a short period of time well and that first season didn't go, go quite as well as I thought as we I led that team to 17 consecutive losses and then I ended up leaving that job because I didn't like what the administration shared with me. Of course, what they shared with me was you're fired. And that was a very humbling experience. Uh, but uh, I got a break. Uh, that ended up being a blessing because I got an opportunity to work with a local college coach. It was a great coach. And he got me back on my feet. But one of my other keys I talk about in making your dreams come true is passion. And my passion was to coach at the high school level. So I was able to go back and become a varsity coach again. But after seven years, it really hit me that I was struggling. I was something like 40 games under 500 and realized to be a better coach, I better study leadership. And you being from Utah, you can appreciate one of the first books when I started to study leadership was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. And when I read that book, Dr. Covey really enlightened me on what I needed to do to be successful as a leader. And one of the keys he talks about or habits is begin with the end in mind. And he shares that each of us should have their own personal mission statement. Well, when I read that book in my early 30s, the question that was asked, why was I put on this earth? I had no clue. And but what 
the book did for me is it really helped me think and start to understand what was my mission in life. And when I became clear about that, in fact, my mission is to be an outstanding role model that makes a positive difference in the world by helping others make their dreams come true. And when that came true and my mission was clear, we started to have a lot more success. And we started to have winning records, which led me into my next stumbling block, which was we kept losing in our postseason tournament that I coveted to win as a coach. And then I had another blessing come into my life. In 2003, I had a young man come into our program. He had autism, which has now become very prevalent in our country. In fact, one out of every 68 people born in the United States are on the spectrum now. But despite Jason McElwain, that's his name, and everybody calls him J-Mac, despite being autistic and learning disabled, did not stop him from having a big dream, and that was he wanted to play in a varsity basketball game. Well, lo and behold, Jason didn't make our JV team as a sophomore, but became the manager. He came out again as his junior year for the varsity, the team I coached, didn't make the team again became my team manager, and then tried out for a third time, just a great lesson in perseverance, as a senior, and didn't make the team again this that time. But I shared with him, because he was so loyal and dedicated to our basketball program, I was going to give him a gift. And the gift was I was going to put him in uniform and hopefully get him into our final home game, which we call Senior Night. Well, Senior Night came on February 15, 2006, and it's always a very special night. I was a head coach for 30 years. I just recently retired. And so I had 30 senior nights. But this one was profoundly touching to see J-Mac now instead of in his white shirt and black tie, he's Donnie number 52. And to see him embrace his parents in uniform is a memory I will always cherish. Well, Jason's dream was to get in the game. And with just over four minutes left in the game, I gave Jason his first chance. When he got in the game, I'm usually a pretty macho guy, but what Jason and I didn't know is our student body had all these placards that one of our parents had made, and they showed him when he got in the game. I was so overwhelmed and touched by the ovation the students gave him that I sat down and tears started rolling down my face. Jason was now in his first varsity basketball game. The first time he touched the ball, he had a three-pointer in the right corner. He let it go. The crowd stood in anticipation. He missed by like six feet. It wasn't even close. Now, I know you're not supposed to pray in the public schools, but I was praying, dear God, please help him get one basket. And he didn't make his second shot either, but it was much closer. So I, I thought God was starting to listen. And then his third shot was another three-pointer. And lo and behold, this time it went in. The place exploded. It was pure bedlam. I'm thinking God must be a basketball fan. Not only has J-Mac scored a basket, he's got a three-pointer. It can't get any better than this, right? Uh, not oh, at well. all. Well, Jason then started to turn into his boyhood idol, Kobe Bryant, and he started making shot after shot after shot. In fact, this is how the game ends. Our opponent, Spencerport High School, I want to give kudos to their team and their coach. They were great sports that night. They scored, and Jason got the ball with less than 10 seconds to go, and he started dribbling down the court as the clock's ticking down, and he pulls up like three feet behind the arc, almost like an NBA three, and I'm thinking to myself, Jason, don't shoot from there. It's too far. He launches a rainbow, and it swishes. The place goes crazy, and I see our student body running on the floor. I see all our players running on the floor, and I see Jason's mother, all five foot two, bobbing and weaving through all the spectators to get to J-Mac and, and give him a big hug. And then our players 
put Jason up on their shoulders, and he's got the game ball over his head. I have no idea how many points he had scored. And our public address announcer comes on and says, the leading scorer for the Trojans tonight, J-Mac, with 20 points. I'm thinking of my math brain. If he had played the whole game, he had scored 160. It was truly remarkable. And the amazing thing is, J-Mac and I's other dream was to win our Section 5 championship. And three weeks later, in front of a full house of approximately 11,000 people, we won our first Section 5 championship together. Wow, that's that awesome story. Incredible story. Unbelievable. And, and I've seen the video, and I want – can you tell – how? What, what do they look up? What's the link they can look up to see this video? Well, they can actually uh, – if they go on my website, CoachJimJohnson.com, I've got that video and some other ones as well. Or they can uh, Google JMAC video or uh, if they Google my name, it, it will come up as well. That's great. I remember when this happened in, in in 2006 and seeing it on the news and then seeing it you on all the the talk shows. I mean, you you went this was kind of before viral went viral, but you went viral. Yeah, yeah, we did. Wow. So I I, I got to go back just a little bit. You said you started off as your dad being the coach. Did you coach your kids as well or were you just the um the son of a coach? Actually, I had one son, and he uh, did not like basketball. <laughs> so that was a little bit of a surprise. But so I, I coached him actually when he was younger, but I actually never coached him at the high school level. It's funny because I had a son, uh, um, who my oldest son, and he he paid me a big tribute later on in life. Uh, he sent me a letter when he was overseas, and he said. Uh, I just got to tell you, Dad, he says, this friend of mine here, he's, we were talking about our dads, and he says he doesn't have a good relationship with his dad. And he says, the fact that you were my wrestling coach for, uh, for so many years, he says, I told this um, friend that he says, I've spent more time with my dad in, in these few young years than most kids will with their dad in a lifetime. And, and, and he appreciated that, and he thanked me for it. And then later in life, my youngest son, who uh, was awesome in wrestling as well, he just flat out one day wrote me a note and said, I hate wrestling. I don't want to do it anymore. I, w I want to play basketball. And I was like, I wrote him back. I said, I don't know anything about basketball. I says, we've spent so much time together. I want to have that magical moment of spending time together, but I don't know anything about basketball. And uh, anyway, that's the road he went, and he became a great uh, basketball player. But, uh, yeah, we, maybe we should have swapped sons as far as coaching for just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, you never know. I, uh, you know, I cherish my son. He's uh, done really well. He's an attorney now in Los Angeles. So, uh, uh, a kid of people that uh, I graduated. Thank you, Lottie, and he graduated sumo karate. So, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> but, uh, wonderful. Yeah. The important thing is is supporting and and loving your your son or daughter with with whatever their passion is and whatever their dream is. Yeah. Without a doubt. That was a lesson in itself for me. And so, yeah, just because my dreams and passions are mine doesn't make it theirs. Yeah, for sure. So, Jim, are you still coaching? I just retired. So in 2016 was my last season. I coached uh, 30 years as a head coach and 35 total. So uh, now I'm devoting all my time to uh, full-time speaking. And I'm actually re-releasing my book that came out in 2011. We're doing an updated edition for the anniversary of the game, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. What is the name of your book? A Coach in a Miracle. A Coach in a Miracle. Wow. Yep. And, wow. and what is it that you speak about as you – what what are some of your, your keynotes and messages? 
Well, I have two keynotes right now. I have uh, what they call Dreams Really Do Come True, which I've been doing for over a decade now. And in that, I share the JMAC story. I show a video and I talk about six keys in helping people make their dreams come true, which are uh, understanding your or discovering your passion in life, understanding your mission in life, how to be an effective goal setter. Uh, perseverance, how to overcome obstacles, carpe diem, which I talk about, uh, work ethic, attitude, and personal growth, and then being a team player, how to work with others. And then because I studied leadership so extensively, three years ago, I decided I also want to share my leadership principles. I call that keynote leadership lessons for from half court. And in that, I talk about seven keys to being a successful leader, which is clarifying your vision, how to build trust amongst your organization, how to create an edge for your team, how to be an effective communicator, uh, what I call lead by example, uh, a philosophy I teach called leaving a profit, and then how to be a servant leader. And those are the two keynotes. I also do some workshops. I do a goal-setting workshop like uh, what I did when I took all my teams uh, through goal-setting for many, many years. That, that's wonderful, and uh, I love your your enthusiasm. I've got to go back just a little bit to something that happened earlier in your in your coaching career. Uh, I can't believe you were so greatly offended by the words of those people that said you're fired that you actually turned around and left. <laughs> <laughs> so, but your your record was speaking for itself. Then you went 17 straight losses. Uh, now I'm looking at your record. Uh, your overall career was 428 wins, 221 losses. Uh, I, I can't help but think you need to go back into the game, lose one more just for us because we're all about twos. This is life in 22 minutes, and you could have had 222 losses instead of 221. Yeah, that, that's very true. <laughs> so uh, maybe uh, you guys will lure me back in. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you to go in there and lose. Anyway. <laughs> And, and back to what Scott was saying and what you said earlier, Elf, you were, were fired. And you could have gone the route of, you know what, I'm not a good coach. I thought I wanted to coach, but I'm not a good coach. And had, you know, turned in, a, in another direction and walked away from your dream. But you didn't. And so often we we get get down when we when we fail and and, and we don't, you know, we lose our passion and we don't go on to fulfill our dream and vision, but, but you pressed forward. Yeah, I think that's a, you know, a great lesson I learned uh, when I did uh, get fired is perseverance. And then certainly uh, Jason, J-Mac, really reinforced the essence of what perseverance and the fact that, you know, I coached for, for 30 years as a head coach, and I rarely ever would have a student athlete if they didn't make the team come back the next year. And yet Jason tried three consecutive years. And not only did he come out, but he committed himself. He was coming to all our off-season workouts. So, uh, you know, he deserved an opportunity. And I think that's a lesson we can all learn, you know, is that uh, giving people a chance because they deserve the chance. Absolutely. And the the fact that, yeah, he just, it was his day to shine. I mean, like you say, you were praying and, uh, and, and I think you're probably thinking there was a little uh, divine intervention here that helped him create that wonderful event. Oh, without question. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in God, you know, whatever uh, people believe in. But uh, I have a strong faith in in, uh, in God, and I certainly think he uh, looked over on Jason. And I think it was a great way, in a, a way that he could send a message to all the people on the autism spectrum that there is hope. 
Absolutely. It, 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 made, it made his day for sure. But look at all the different people's lives that have been greatly affected because of this, this video and being able to see that and witness it. And, and it just took one person to say, you know what, I'm going to put this kid in the game. The ripple yep. effect has been very profound. Yeah, for sure. You know, when I, another thing that really impressed me when I watched the video again last night was when he shot that final shot, that three-point shot at the end of the game, this the bleachers just cleared. Everyone ran down to the onto the floor, and, including the opposing team and their supporters in the stands. They were all cheering for for J Mac, and they all went down on the floor to congratulate him. Everyone was united in his success. Yeah, that, that's for sure. You know, and what was a really a special memory that I will always cherish was that we had had a lot of strife early in the season. I write about it in my book, and in the Powerful thing was that I had never asked the team to pass J-Mac in the ball. And that really goes to show how much the team thought of him because in those last four minutes, he was the only one that shot. In fact, I kid J-Mac because I see him a lot. And I'm still looking for your first assist because all they do is shoot. <laughs> <laughs> it really gives awesome. you an indication of how much that uh, his teammates loved him. Yeah, that's great. Uh, the question I'd like to ask you is how do you – Besides the J-Mac story, how did you instill in so many players that they were enough? That at the very end of the game, when you needed to count on getting the ball to one guy, the Michael Jordan that was going to take the shot, how did you instill that confidence in him that he could hit that? Well, I think there was a whole measure of, a, of what we did throughout the whole season. So number one, as we progressed through the season, we clarified, you know, what the strengths were of each player. And, and then the team would understand, you know, that what guy we'd like to get the ball in certain things. Secondly, we did a lot of mental training. We, we uh, took our players through before every game, a mental imagery session where we were reinforcing them uh, with, you know, seeing them be successful. And then, you know, as a coach, it's just building confidence every day by, you know, how you respond and react to things in practice. And I think one of the things that was very beneficial for me in my career is I think I was too uptight early. And I think it, it really hurt my players because they didn't see that I was calm through the storm. And when I was able to change that and be the great model for them of how we handle pressure situations and that we should embrace them and that, you know, um, think, oh, if we miss, we're going to, you know, lose the game kind of thing. So that mindset of embracing challenges and, and working throughout the whole season of establishing roles and goals and, and developing the mind as well, I think we're all helpful in getting us to have a lot of positive results. Right. I love that, using the strengths of each individual player. Yep. We're approaching our 22 minutes here. What are some closing remarks and tips or points that you would like to leave with our audience? I think the, the most important thing is, is uh, two things. Number one, that you have the ability to continue to grow yourself, you know, have a personal growth plan where you're continuing to get better, which leads me to, I think, the most essential point, and that is the ability to give back to others, to add value to others, and to help make a 
positive difference in this world. You know, we have so many negative stories that reach the news is we just need more stories of people supporting and helping each other. And, and certainly it doesn't have to be as dramatic as a young man scoring 20 points in four minutes in his only game. But there's so many uh, small acts of kindness that we can do to make this world a better place. And it starts by thinking of others and how you can support and add value to others. Great words. Thank you, you so it? much. Oh, it was my pleasure. I'm glad I could do it. So uh, let's, let's definitely stay in touch. Keep up your great work, okay? We'll you do it. You do the same. Yep, again. you're awesome. And you keep warm back there in Rochester. <laughs> our, the best again. Yeah, yeah, our son is serving his mission back there, and in, in, he's in Manchester right now. Not Manchester, in the, Manhattan. Oh, I mean Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, Manhattan in oh, the Hell's Manhattan, Kitchen area. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm in upstate, so he's in downstate, so he, he's usually a little bit warmer than we have. But, oh, uh, man. Thank you so much, Coach Jim, for joining us on Life in 22 Minutes. And those of you listening, once again, you can connect and follow Coach Jim on, say your website again. Uh, CoachJimJohnson.com. There you go. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for joining Thank us today. You. Take care. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.